Hey, it's Mark Shifley here. You're listening to the Jet Centric Podcast. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Jet Centric Podcast. It's Liz here. Super happy today to be joined by Kishore, Brian, and Justin. So uh, we are recording right now, just finishing that, uh, what was it, 4-3 win over Ottawa, a couple of Dubois goals, a Lowry goal, and a Connor goal, Pride Night, um, jump back into second place. Altogether, pretty good game, I thought. Uh, not going to talk too much about that, just because we don't want to date ourselves too much, but we are going to be talking a lot about the trade deadline. That's kind of what this episode is all about. So... Um, a lot of people have been talking over the past few months about kind of what the trade deadline is going to look like for the Jets. I think it's a general consensus that the best idea is going to be to grab a defenseman of sorts. Uh, some people say left-handed, some people say right-handed, some people say just damn it, get a defenseman. And then there are also people talking a lot about getting some depth forwards just to sort of bulk up our bottom uh, six there. And there's lots to talk about. So there have been a couple articles. Ken, we put one out today on Sportsnet. Murat put out one today on The Athletic. Brian put, or Brian put one out today on his website, uh, Jets Armchair GM, just talking about a lot of the different options. So um, I'll stop talking um, and maybe I'll throw it over to Brian to sort of start us off with some ideas of what the trade deadline might look like a week from today for the Jets. Yeah, so clearly they're after uh, a defenseman. Uh, number of options available. Uh, I guess the one that was rumored earlier in the season, Matias Ekholm, probably not an option anymore considering Nashville's kind of making a push for the playoffs there. Um, sounds like if they were to make a deal, they'd want a first-round pick and Vili Hainala. I think that's a non-starter if you're a Jets fan. Um, so the next guy I looked at actually was uh, a guy that was rumored to be available earlier in the season, was healthy scratched. A couple times, I think Vince Dunn. Um, I think he'd be a nice fit on our blue line, just as a, kind of an offensive guy, someone who's involved in the play and good in transition. A uh, bit of a weaker year this year. Um, but what do you guys think about Vince Dunn? I don't know if he's still available, but I thought maybe if St. Louis was still thinking of moving him, that he'd be a nice fit for us. I think it's a home run if they could get a guy like Vince Dunn for sure. I think he fills a lot of the boxes off that the Jets need. I mean, he can move the puck pretty well. He's good in transition. And uh, I think uh, in past years, it hasn't been uh, as good this year, but he's been a real good driver of offense for the Blues. And I think anytime you could add like some extra offense on the back end for the Jets, it's uh, you got to take a chance at it. And uh, yeah, I think he'd be he'd be a great uh, he'd be a great pickup. He's number one on my uh, board too. If you can't get Ekholm, um, make it unanimous because he was number one on my board too. Uh, not just because he's on the left side, the puck movement is actually the, I think the biggest problem the the Jets have on the back back end. It's not about like toughness or block shots or any of that other kind of like garbage that we usually hear coming out. It's literally just the transition game. Because then all of a sudden your forwards are going to come in with speed. Uh, he is having a down year, but he's in kind of a weird role because Pareko's been out for so long. Right. And I think that's really going to be the deciding factor for St. Louis. I, I, yeah, I did a deep dive on like all areas of the athletic related to Vince Dunn and everyone that's mentioning him. And so they're basically saying like the reason you don't see his name floating around is because the Blues won't trade him unless they know Pareko's coming back uh, soon, just because they're kind of in a fourth spot right now in that division, and they're kind of fighting 
for for playoff positioning. I think if I'm the Blues, though, to be honest, I'm going to get killed in that in the playoffs in that division. That's Vegas, Colorado. Like, forget it. Like that is um, just uh, some terrible things waiting to happen for you. So well, I Minnesota. like the idea of them trading. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and Vince Dunn doesn't make a lot of money. I think he's he's oh, RFA no. after this year, and he makes like what one point seven five, one point eight, less than two million. One point yeah. eight seven five, I believe, is the number. Yeah, yeah and I, I think a lot of people have been really impressed with kind of the Jets game as of late when um, the defense are able to activate a little more and jump up and join the play. And I think yeah, Vince Dunn kind of brings that to the table. And um, like you said, St. Louis, I don't think is really in the position to rebuild, but they're not really in the position to be stacking up for the playoffs so I, I feel like he's probably on the table and like you said it makes sense that they're waiting for Prego to come back but I didn't rank my list or anything but he was 100% one of the people I'd written down a couple things about him because since I first found out that he had been healthy scratched I was like kick the tires on this guy like bring him in 24 years old left-handed defenseman RFA after next year like we want this guy like he I feel like he totally fits my personal vision for what the dead, deadline needs to look like for this team yeah, a couple of the Montreal writers on the Athletic were saying, were suggesting a second and a fourth and Miete for, uh, for Dunn is what it would take. That's not much. That's something that like Winnipeg could play. Like a, a second Miete kind of like their Sammy Niku. Like they just yeah. lump him into trades because he just doesn't seem to be fitting with the organization. Like I think it's kind of one of those like. They'd be happy to see him succeed elsewhere, but it doesn't look like it's going to work with the Habs. I'm not a Habs fan. I might be making that up, but that's just kind of what I've gathered from other people talking about it. And yeah, that is- if that's the price, a second and a third in Niku for Vince Dunn seems like a win for us. Yeah, Mete's had better NHL results than Niku, but I think they kind of treat him as the same. Mete got in the NHL, I think, is a 19-year-old as opposed to Niku, who... Don't think he played much really until he was 22. But uh, anyway, point stands. Um, I, I said if it if the cost is a first round pick, I'd say go for it. The first round pick's not going to be as valuable this year, given that it's looking to a be a weaker draft and b harder to evaluate uh, prospects in this Definitely. year's draft. Not a great look at the chl guys this year with a very shortened season and uh no ohl to speak of as of yet right yeah i um i think done does make a lot of sense um and i was reading some other articles and stuff like that and if you're looking in a similar price range um for one of those doesn't make a ton of money i want to jump on the Mike Riley. I think Mike Riley is actually number one on my list. If I were to make one, I love him. Um, I, <laughs> I remember I was talking to Justin and I were talking to our friends and when uh, Jay Fresh put out his player cards and he's like, holy hell, what's going on with Mike Riley? This year? It's actually good. And so we were talking to a couple of people that are sense fans and they're like, he's one of those, like, he makes the odd mistake that makes you go, oh gosh, but he's quite solid. And obviously with a team like Ottawa, it's difficult to put up good numbers when you're just your quality of teammates is probably quite low. So he makes one and a half million dollars and is a UFA at the end of this year. And he make and he's 27 years old. So I would love to see personally uh, Dylan DeMello 2.0 bring someone in from Ottawa who's a UFA <laughs> at the end of the year, extend him from cheap if he fits. And just, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> um, I want Mike Riley. And then I was watching him tonight and I think 
I think he'd be a good fit. He's a good puck mover. Um, any thoughts on Mike Riley's? Yeah, my piece I put out today, I said he'd be my number one target. I, I think I said that. I said something along those lines. I think I said he was my favorite option among the people that I put out there. Um, for similar reasons that I like Vince Dunn, he's a guy who really likes to get involved in the offense and is good in transition. Uh, maybe not the best defender. Um, today he wasn't anyway, but... Um, yeah, I, I do think he'd be a guy that specifically might actually fit well with a guy like DeMello, but you might also be able to put him with a guy like Tucker Poolman, uh, since Riley's a guy who seemed to make whatever partner he's had with him better. So if you could do that and have three solid defense pairs, uh, I think that'd be a huge thing for the team. Yeah, and there's not much to dislike about Mike Riley. He has an advantage that he's in Canada, so you don't have the the quarantine to deal with. Though, I, honestly, like I, I was sort of hoping we would hear a lot more noise out of Chevy with what uh, what has happened with the game cancellations, because we have this window right now where we essentially aren't aren't playing for almost a week. This seemed like the moment if you're going to strike early with a trade to do it. Now that might still happen, but I would say that's the real big advantage of Riley is he can just play right away um, with most of the other people on the, uh, on the board, you have at least a week quarantine. I think too, also with, uh, with Riley is uh, he might not be quite as uh, impactful as Vince Dunn. He might not be, uh, you know, he's a little bit older. He's a pending UFA, right? But um, he's going to cost a lot cheaper, right? Vince Dunn's probably going to – you're going to have to give up a first-round pick or, or something. And I think you can get – you can nab Riley for pretty cheap, right? Very similar to mm-hmm. what uh, the Jets uh, gave up for DeMello. So I think he's going to be pretty cheap. And um, possibly he'll have just as high of an impact as Vince Dunn. So, um, yeah, I'm all on the Mike Riley train as well. I think he'd be a great fit. And uh, I'd love to see him with uh, DeMello for sure. And it's another one of those things where with the flat cap, it's nice to be able to stay under. And it's hard because I, when I was reading Murat's article in the athletic today, he was talking a little bit about like Hampus Lindholm and Josh Manson and stuff. And it's like, obviously those would be great grabs for X, Y, and Z reasons, but it's really difficult to sort of manage that cap when they're, when they cost so much. So someone like Mike Mm -hmm. Riley coming in for less than $2 million could be a huge asset. I think with the LTIR now that Bolu. Uh, supposedly is going to be on LTIR. Um, I think they're above that. Like Manson makes 4.1 million on his cap or has 4.1 million cap hit. And I think the Jets now have a bit over that in terms of LTIR space. I think we have just over five with Nathan Bolio. Does that track about? It would be something like that it passes the smell test anyway (laughs) like you couldn't bring in ryan ellis without moving an active player correct yeah we're not but if ryan ellis is available we would get rid of that active player somehow all of a sudden (laughs) somebody would retire um and and i think i actually feel that way about hampus lindholm if if hampus lindholm's available for a good price i would package like somebody back and the money would have to work out for anaheim anyways even if they're looking for a dump so I think somebody decent would have to go back, but I, I think the likelihood of that is so low because it would be such a big blockbuster 
mm-hmm. and that's the kind of trade if Anaheim's going to make, they're going to make after the season, after the expansion draft, and at the draft. Can I tell you who I think we're going to get? Who do you think? Because we're these get? are all great names, <laughs> but we're going to get round two of Dmitry Kulikov. That's what I, I do think. So I eh? could see it. I could one thousand percent see it. I could, and I'm not about to turn this into like a uh, a rail against Dmitry Kulikov. Dude was clearly hurt, especially in his last season with Winnipeg. He's had a good season with New Jersey, like a surprisingly yep. good. And that team is bad in exactly. front of him. For him to have a good season there, I think bodes well. He has some. He's like a very, very, very low rent DeMello in the sense that he can calm things down. The problem is that he was playing with Tyler Myers and that for a long time, that was actually serviceable as our third pair. It's just the turnovers that were coming off of that, that group was so hard to watch. If he's Mm -hmm. paired with somebody that doesn't turn over the puck as much um, on the other side, I actually think that's uh, not bad. And it's going to cost nothing to get, get him in he makes like a million dollars it's probably going to cost like a third or a fourth going back to new jersey like some something that we can easily play we have columbus's third from um from the trade earlier so i feel like that's the easy one to make he knows the system he knows the room it's the kind of thing that i think paul maurice will like green light immediately to chevy and not to like go back down this road but doesn't he really get along with wheeler like aren't they good friends yeah, I they feel could like be. I was, um, Sean and Ken had their pregame thing tonight and we were talking about all kinds of things and they were talking about Andrew Kopp and they were talking about the possibility of extending him during the year and how he's probably going to get paid pretty hefty because he's been underpaid for the past little while, uh, so on and so forth. And they're, they're talking about how, well, I brought it up, <laughs> um, how he fits in really well with the culture of the Shifley and Wheeler. Wait, and so I find that the likelihood is probably pretty high that they want to keep him around because of the connection there kind of thing. So I feel like someone like Dmitry Kulikov that you know fits in with the room is probably more likely to come back um, when you have Chevy trying to manage that room uh, too. I'm trying to think. Um, going in the theme of New Jersey – I also had Ryan Murray on my list. I know people have been talking about him as well. Another one of those guys who's UFA at the end of the year, he's like 27, I want to say. Uh, yeah. He makes significantly more than um, Dmitry Kulikov does, but um, he's also a left-handed defenseman who's playing in a not-so-good New Jersey team that is pretty good. He himself is pretty good. Sorry, not the team. Um, any thoughts on Ryan Murray? Um. Not a lot, actually. Like, what is what's Ryan Murray make? He's been kind of like I think he's got four point six, four point six. I think he's had kind of an underwhelming NHL career. Like, he can defend, he can kind of do some things, but that's all we need. Like, we just need someone who can defend and do some things. <laughs> he seems like kind of just a guy, almost like a be an upgrade, probably on Derek Forbert, but. For four point six million dollars, do you want to do it? Kind of thing. I, I feel like it. there's, I just feel like there's better options they could look at, right? And yeah. like almost the same feelings around Kulikov. Like we, yes, he's having a great year. Um, I haven't watched a lot of him in New Jersey, but maybe there's just something around that system that's sort of working. Um, 
we've seen him in Winnipeg. He's like last year, he was a pretty good defensive player, I think, but he's just fine. Right. He's not going to move the needle a whole lot. I don't think so. I don't know. I, I just think the jets should go in a different direction. I'm not saying they will, but I do think they're missing that offensive or transition defenseman kind of thing. I think I'm anticipating they make a move. I think they will do something, but I have a feeling it's going to be more of a, like, you know how there's always like ABC, the top three defensemen who are on the trade. I think it's going to be option, you know, Q, you know, like, I think he's going to be way down the list. I think it's going to be someone relatively inexpensive, someone who you may not have thought of. I guess we've looked at a lot of players, but, um, to what DeMello was to me last year, I wasn't even sure. I didn't see him on any of those big trade lists at the deadline. They brought him in and he ended up being the best thing since sliced bread for this team. I love him. Um, but uh, going kind of with the theme of some of the guys who were on the trade market, uh, people have talked about David Savard a lot. And I don't know, maybe Justin, if you want to talk about your thoughts on 30 year old David Savard BFFs with our friend Dubois uh, UFA at the end of the year uh, in that, we were talking about this before the call started. We were talking about how Columbus is quite the quite the place for players to be. And maybe he might want out of there. I'm just speculating because I wouldn't want to be there. But um, what do you think about <laughs> David Savard? Yeah, I agree with you there. I wouldn't want to be in that locker room at all. But uh, as far as uh, Savard goes, I don't hate the option. I don't think he's necessarily a bad fit. I don't think he's a bad player. I think he's an upgrade on a guy like Tucker Pullman. Um, just my opinion, I think that the Jets have two pretty solid right-handed shot defensemen in Pionk and DeMello. And I think for the most part, I'd like to look at left-handed shot options ahead of him. And also I think, um, he's one of the more name brand players that are available. So I think you might see some teams kind of step up and give up a lot of assets for him. And I don't think he's all that good that the Jets should be chucking like a bunch of picks or prospects for him. Uh, I think he'd be, like I said, an upgrade over Pullman. I just think I'd probably just like Kulikov and Murray probably look elsewhere's first. And then um, maybe if other things don't pan out, you could kind of fall back on him. But um, Savard's not somebody who I would go for first. That's for sure. I think a lot of people have mentioned that since, um, Nashville's gone on their hot streak and they've kind of announced that the price of Matias Ekholm is going to be quite high. A lot of people have sort of thought that Savard's market value has kind of increased because of limited options being out there. So that would make sense. And Yarmo Kekalainen is not one to back down from a deal and he likes to really make the most out of it and lo- load up on the picks if he has to kind of thing. So I think he would, um, wouldn't take a fleece for, for David Savard. So I agree with you there. The thing with yeah, David also- Sav- sorry. Uh, the thing with David Savard is he's high up on those trade bait boards and like he's gonna be a sought after piece. And I don't think he's gonna have as big an impact as you might think. So putting those two things together, I might, yeah, like you guys were saying, I might go elsewhere with that. Sorry, Kishore, I cut you right. off there. <laughs> All I was going to say is so far as you're beyond everything you said about the price is going to be high. I feel like Toronto's going to be in on him. Boston's going to be on him. Uh, he's a, just a classic defensive defenseman, which is not a bad thing given like our deficiencies back there. But I do believe that what we need is a puck mover. 
more than a defensive defenseman, uh, a transition player. And so I, I actually think he won't even fit well because with Pionk and DeMello, like he's going to have to be the third option on the right side. So who do you take out? Um, it, it is going to be like a poolman. And so like, are you going to pay a, high, a hefty price to put this guy on your third pair? It doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Uh, I think it's one of the worst options for the Jets, honestly, to go after Savard. Um, even though like he's a solid player, I just don't think he's the kind of player where you look at and you're like, well, that, that puts us in a different uh, category coming out of, of the deadline. Yeah, you you know I, one I'm actually interested in, and this is not based on analytics. It's not based on anything. It's I actually kind of intrigued by Brandon Montour. I was going to uh, bring Buffalo. up Brandon Montour next because I like I, I have no nice way to put this about Buffalo. Buffalo is where I was born. I have nothing bad to say about that town. There, that town is just is is so bad that there's no way you can evaluate players playing there this year they're all bad except jack eichel and so like brandon montour actually might be okay if he's not playing in buffalo like that's my logic on him and i don't think it'll cost anything to get him out of there it'll cost like a you know like a second or a third at most uh because like i i think it'll be interesting to see if like getting a player out of buffalo just changes the entire dynamic I, well, yeah, for sure. And I think, um, like you said, like, I don't think it's going to be expensive to, to get anyone you want from Buffalo. Like I, well, other than obviously some of the names and like, no one's going to touch that Jeff Skinner contract or anything, but some guys like Brandon Montour, he's also a UFA at the end of the year. So if you can get some picks to sort of help you with that rebuild, cause they're clearly not uh, in any contention to win um, contrary to what Taylor Hall thought at the beginning of the year. Um, I think it would make sense to get him out of there. And I agree. I had him on my list too. He's 26 years old, makes less than $4 million. And I think, again, he's a right shot. But um, when I was looking on cap friendly, actually, I think he plays a bit of both. Not sure if that's just a victim of the circumstance and he has to sometimes in Buffalo, but uh, if he's able to, um, I don't care. Throw him in there. Um, I'd take a good right-handed defenseman over a crappy left-handed one. So, Yeah, I'm definitely not in the get Montour camp. I, I don't know. I just think even like, even if he is a lot better than his Buffalo production, I just don't think he moves the needle that much again. So I would look elsewhere in that instance. I don't think he's necessarily even an upgrade on Tucker Pullman personally, like you can disagree with me, but I don't, I I haven't watched enough to know. So I can't fight you on that, but I have a feeling he would be at least a bit of an upgrade on Tucker Pullman, but that's also probably me being an optimist because I'm looking at he makes, you know, almost $4 million. So I'm like, Oh, he's got to be kind of good. So. Yeah. But that that's what Buffalo played him and Buffalo pays people weird numbers um, that aren't commensurate with their worth. Did Buffalo pay him that? Or was that Anaheim that gave him that deal? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. Hang on. Let me check. I I can't remember. Honestly. Uh, I'll just pull up. Have, I was going to say, we're talking about Anaheim. I know I mentioned Hampus Lindholm. Have you talked about Josh Manson yet? I don't even I know. I wanted to talk about Josh Manson. All right. Well, while maybe Justin, if you want to start off the Josh Manson conversation while Brian's looking up who paid Brandon Montour. <laughs> I think quickly, I just want to weigh in on Montour as well. Uh, I, I kind of agree with you, Brian. I'm not uh, super high on Montour. I think. Oh, that was an arbitration t- deal. The mm. Montour deal. 
I think. Good for him. I think it was an arbitration deal. One of his last two was an arb. Maybe it was the <laughs> one before that. Anyway, <laughs> he's not. Someone worth paid what he him makes. money. Someone paid him that. Made a bad exactly. choice. Exactly. <laughs> but no, uh, I was just gonna say with Montour, right? If you're uh, taking a flyer on a guy like that who you think might be good. I think you don't want to do that going into the playoffs when you're trying to compete. I think that might be somebody who you identify in the off season and say, Hey, you know what? We'll give him a chance. Maybe a new senior would work out, but I think it's a pretty decent sized gamble. I know it won't cost much like asset wise, but I think it's a decent gamble to kind of go make a trade for Montour and hope he's going to be an upgrade. Cause at this point, I think you're kind of just, hoping he's better than Pullman rather than having actual evidence. And so for me, I'd kind of try to stay away from that. Um, But I know he was highly touted um, in Anaheim as a pretty uh, high potential prospect. So maybe there's another gear there, but I just think it's too big of a question mark. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Regarding Josh Manson, um, I do see it as potentially a really interesting fit. Um, just from the standpoint of a stylistic fit with Josh Morrissey, um, I see a similarity to Jacob Truba with Josh Manson and that he's good at moving the puck and he's a solid physical presence in the defensive zone. And I don't know that it would work that way, but if you could find a pair with Josh Morrissey that can consistently give you good results. I don't think you could get anything, you know, more important for the team in terms of success going forward. Would you agree? I mean, getting Morrissey going would be massive. It would, that's actually like the upgrade. And that's why that's the best like, I upgrade think, you could make would be a good Josh Morrissey. I, I think that's <laughs> actually why we're all in favor of Hanala playing and being the real upgrade because yeah. Hanala with Morrissey might actually improve Morrissey. And it won't cost uh, you anything either. Well, it'll cost us an ELC year if he plays more than yeah. seven games mm-hmm. or whatever it is. I am very down on Manson. Like I watched a few Ducks games, which was pain unto itself. Um, <laughs> and um, he hasn't been paired with Cam Fowler, but he was playing with Cam Fowler for a bit, who I think is kind of Josh Morrissey like, you know, good, good. skater. He's <laughs> Fowler, I think, isn't uh, is a better offensive player uh, for sure. And like, I have to actually remember them talking about the Morrissey of now, who is just one of the worst defenders in the league, but Manson with Fowler, like it like was an ugly combination and Manson was getting caved in. I think he has, um, uh, and like a, uh, a Corsi of like 40 right Hasn't now, he which is like Jamie Drysdale too. Oh, that's who he's playing with now, okay. uh, which is like, you know, like Jamie's 18, right? Uh, 19 like something like that now. like he's the same age I, as me <laughs> uh so i i don't know i i understand the upside uh it could be there for manson getting him out of anaheim but i feel like the cost for manson is going to be a lot higher than your kulikov or your you know brandon montour type i think anaheim's going to actually volume higher and i just don't think the performance is has been there um Plus, it, doesn't Manson have an extra year, or is he UFA? He does. He's so there's two, two yeah. things. That's there's two things piece. to that. 
Um, I I do see Manson in a little bit different light than you. That that's okay. That happens. But um, the the concerns are injuries, and he does have that extra year on his contract, right? And to boot, he has a modified no trade clause, which states that yes, yeah, twelve teams that he won't go to. I'm not on the inside of all that, but I know the Jets are on a lot of those 12-team lists. So If you have teams that you refuse to be traded to, why would Winnipeg not be on there? They are not a winning team, and the location sucks. Like, I'm sorry, I love it here, but if I had a no-trade clause, it, they would be on there for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean – probably like I, yeah i, I don't know the reasons for different teams they put on there but if it's like geographical i'm sure it would be one of the ones up there i haven't visited a lot of nhl cities so i couldn't tell you that whether they'd be on my no trade clause or not but trust uh, me they would be <laughs> <laughs> yeah um one that i came to light recently i think I, I had no idea that this person was even on the market for the longest time, but apparently Jamie Alexiak is being shopped. Um, oh, yeah. Any thoughts on that? I know he's a freaking monster um, and I think he's pretty good, um, but I don't know if he's the fit that we're looking for. He makes only $2 million, which is not bad. And he's a UFA at the end of the year. So no um, expansion problems there. Um, any thoughts on Jamie Alexiak? I think he'd be a solid kind of net front presence as or like in the, in the D zone kind of to clear the front of the net and just be a solid defensive guys uh, partner for Neil Pionk. So maybe there's a fit there. Um, otherwise I think, I think he's relatively average, maybe slightly above average altogether. Um yeah, not hugely involved offensively. Um, actually, surprisingly, though, he does have good zone entry numbers, not good zone exit numbers, which I don't That's quite weird. understand. Uh, but, you know, that is what it is. Um, might be an interesting fit. I think he's an upgrade over Forbert, but not much yeah. more, but I'd be okay with an Alexiak pickup. I think it'd be a, a decent under the radar grab. Maybe not so under the radar. I don't know. I, I don't think it's under the radar given how many teams are looking at defensemen. He's yeah. big. Yeah. He's mean. I think I've run through my positive statements about Jamie Alexiak. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I, I just don't think he's, I, he's not a move the needle player for us. And right. so he might be an upgrade over Forbert, but Forbert and Pionk have good chemistry. And like, that's really hard to um, uh, potentially mess with at this time of year. And I don't, because Alexiak is cheap for Dallas, I, I think they're not going to let him go for something. I heard on Dallas Stars Twitter, which is a weird place, by the way, uh, to imagine. be, um, that they're actually stopping Asa Lindell, who's, who's like oh, really? on term at 5.8 and he's good. He's only 5.8. I feel that's pretty um, good for Asa Lindahl. Um, now, I think I it would think take a him, lot but... to get him um, uh, just because he has term, but he has a, a no move that kicks in next year. And so I think that's why they're oh. 
they're actually thinking about shopping him. He's interesting because like, he's the kind of player when you think about who's coming up in our system, like all of a sudden you're like, feel a lot better about our defense, but it's probably going to cost like a decent forward going back. Um, but but that's the kind spare. of move that moves the like, needle that would be under the radar. Mm-hmm. I, I just like, again, I, I really don't think the Jets are going to make a big move just because they never make big moves and they already made the biggest move this year. I just feel like it's not in the cards for them to make another one. Um, like sending four pieces back for someone like it's Lindell. Um, but maybe that's just me kind of looking at the history of the Jets and not realizing that this could be a year where we actually end up doing okay based on how, what our route to the playoffs might end up being. So. Yeah. I, I haven't taken much of a look at Essa Lindell recently. I know a couple of years ago, his, uh, his underlying numbers didn't look all that great, but um yeah, and I'm not going to learn a whole bunch just by looking here, but it's it seems he has a solid defensive impact, and his offensive one is not all that great. Um, I yeah, I'd say look elsewhere in terms of improving your team. Like if it's a guy who's going to cost you know a lot, like I, I I think a there's better options, and b the contract is large and. You know, I I don't know that he moves the needle as much as you think. Just my personal opinion. Yeah, personally, I'd rather even have Alexiak than Lindell. Uh, just from those two stars names you mentioned. Um, I don't know. Lindell's... Uh, Lindell, athletics. I think, does play the tough minutes, though, but I... But that division yeah. also sucks. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I can tell you I haven't really watched more than one or two Dallas games this year. And the ones I did, I think I just had them on like in the background, not playing, paying real close attention. So uh, that's all I can say about that. Really. I also wanted to throw in um, Alex Golgowski's name from uh, Arizona as left-handed defenseman. I think Justin, you've kind of been snooping around with him. Do you have much to say about him? I know he makes a poop ton of money and he's old, but um, if he's a UFA at the end of the year and, I don't care if he's old after this year. We'll have to pay him. So, I think he's a pretty similar uh, career path to like uh, Matty Perot, in the sense that in his prime he was really, uh, really effective defenseman, and he was uh, quite good at driving the play. And then last season he had a really rough year. I'm not too familiar with what happened. I don't know if it was just Arizona being bad or age catching up to him or what have you. And that contract was looking bad. And then he's kind of had a resurgence this year to being uh, serviceable again. And probably, I would say, an upgrade on guys like Forbert and Stanley. So, to me, I look at him. He's a puck mover. I know that he can run a power play. And um, he'd be somebody that, if Arizona's willing to move him, I know they're kind of right on that playoff line, too. So, it'll be interesting to see. But if you don't have to give up too much in terms of assets for him, I certainly would be comfortable with him. And I think he fits quite nicely with a guy like Zamello as well. So um, I think it depends obviously with all these guys, what you have to give up to get him. but he's looking like somebody who for one year, I wouldn't mind uh, to take a chance on for a playoff run. 
He'd be cheap anyway, right? You would have to think. You'd think so, at least, yeah. Yeah, I I, I had Goligoski in the middle of my board um, because I, I think what he would bring as an upgrade over Morrissey on that one power play unit would be um, pretty yeah. significant. Yeah, for sure. The upgrade that Neil Pionk would be on that power play unit. <laughs> well, I think Neil but Pionk, that's the thing. Sorry. They, uh, that's the thing the other power play unit is actually our top power play unit. <laughs> oh, yeah. and so like oh, you don't yeah. actually want to take yuck off of it for that <laughs> no, reason. yeah yeah true <laughs> that's true um the last person that was kind of everyone on my list we kind of covered all of them except me being me i still have Mackenzie Weger on my list i know he's not getting moved <laughs> in a million years i just love him and i think he's great i realize with that awful ekblad injury well wishes to him and Florida actually being really good. They're in no business to move their best defenseman, but I want him. <laughs> Someone sent him to me, <laughs> but that's the last person that I have on my list. I, uh, I don't know. I, when I was reading other things, I know Murat had mentioned Goodbranson or Goodbranson. I can't even pronounce his name. Fire him into the sun. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Stay away. <laughs> Please. Um, and um, he's I'm in the Cody Seatsy Nikita Zaitsev <laughs> category <laughs> of defensemen. Yeah, no, like people I just don't want to see on a on a team yeah. that I'm a fan of. Yeah, no. <laughs> so that's kind of everyone that I had um sort of looked at. I don't know if anyone has any more. I want to get into I asked people on Twitter to send me a couple trades and I'm gonna fire those off of you guys right away. But what are some other defensemen that you have on your list? If any, and if not, then we'll move into forwards. Um, I was looking at a couple of names. Um, one that got linked with the Jets was uh, Nikita Zadorov, which I personally wouldn't be a big fan of. Um, I think he's pretty overrated, and uh, he's big, and basically that's it. But he's uh, a nice guy. That's about he's it. He's basically <laughs> Forbert, right? Yeah, I don't think it's worth giving up assets to get a man like that. But I heard that the Jets were possibly kicking tires on him. I think it was from Elliot Friedman mentioned that. So yeah, yeah, he's a guy. And then also um, he was a big name that a couple of Jets fans wanted back when he was with Vegas, but uh, Colin Miller might be available with Buffalo. I forgot about Colin Miller. Oh, yeah. I do. I do think he'd be a real interesting fit on the team. Um, I loved his, his, so his underlying numbers with both Boston and Vegas were absolutely off the charts and then not not the greatest with Buffalo, but still like kind of in that average to above average range, which there's the Buffalo effect you have to take into account, right? <laughs> Some fun so, trivia about Colin Miller. Um, he is one of the two people in the iconic Bufflin two Vegas guys. Oh, oh yeah. Fun fact for everybody. <laughs> Who was the other one? I no sick. Oh, okay. Yeah. I uh, I couldn't remember that. I, I think one of my I, favorite I pictures ever. No, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure it's the two of them. Anyways, go on. <laughs> now back to the actual relevant stuff. Yeah, I just think he'd be a good guy to take a flyer on. He's gonna be real cheap, you know that. Um, what a buffalo pay to get him like a second and a fourth or something i can't even remember what it was i mean it's what? buffalo they probably paid eight million dollars for him <laughs> that or they got him for dirt cheap it's probably well they didn't get they didn't pay normal. much at all and i was like oh well maybe the jets should have tried that i i thought he was a real good target for the jets when vegas was looking to move him um i do think he'd be a guy that like if you don't get like a Mike Riley or uh, one of those guys, like if you don't get the guys that you really 
want to get that Colin Miller would be a solid guy to fall back on. And like I was saying, he won't be expensive and the risk reward, (laughs) like the risk is low and the potential reward I think is pretty high. I had two other players on my list and they are really only there because of what's happening in Vancouver. Um, And so like saying all the right things, Vancouver, I hope all those players get better. It is scary what is happening over there. Um, But Edler and Hamannick are the other two players I would have on my, on my list. They're far down the list. I think Edler is probably the most interesting one to me of that. I, I haven't loved how Hamannick has looked, but Hamannick is, I think, one of the players that has COVID, so we have no idea how how his health is going to be um, uh, coming out of this. Edler, I think, just you know, having, like, this is, I, I'm going to say it, a veteran presence back there. No, I know that legit. can be... It's <laughs> legit. I agree. No. <laughs> I, th- I think Edler could actually be an interesting guy, um, especially if he's not playing you know, top pair minutes. If he's playing second, third pair minutes as like a low key cheap addition, um, uh, I, that, those are the ones that are my two flyers that are, you know, very out of left field, very dependent on what's actually happening in Vancouver. Yeah. I think like, I think Hammonick's like kid is sick too. So I honestly, I genuinely hope he doesn't play the rest of the year. Like I just want him and to make sure everyone's okay kind of thing. Like, I don't even want that team to play the rest of the year if they're sick. Like, I remember when Rasmus Rissaline was talking about when he got COVID and how sick he got. Like, I just – it's terrifying to think about how many of them have it. Um, but, yeah, there are some guys there that could be interesting. I agree with you. And the whole veteran presence thing, like, I think in the playoffs it's actually a legit thing. Like, I feel like if we are to make it to the playoffs, that fourth line of ours is going to be, like, freaking good, and I think it's going to be a – Brian's looking at me like I'm insane. <laughs> I genuinely think it's a thing. Um, I'm thinking it. I know, I know. And I realize that's so old timey. Having a little bit of that experience, my least favorite word, actually helps a team, especially with the the kind of the culture that they develop, the winning culture. It's nice to have some guys who won some cups or have just, you know, been around the block a time or two. Only if they don't suck. Like if they they can't play well, then they're under the sun. But like if they're good... And they have a little bit of that winning experience. It's nice to to have that there. To be honest, I think I would just decline to look at Vancouver Canucks players right now. Like a out of you don't know kind of what their impact mm-hmm. is going to be. B out of almost out of respect, like just yeah. for the kind of situation that's going on there. I I just really hope all of them are okay and like none of them have lasting long-term effects out of all that that's like no one gives a crap about the whole damian cox oh but how are the (laughs) well-restedness of the team going to affect them like no one cares like it's all just about their health more than it is about how it works with the rest of the division like just let them be okay Mm -hmm. for sure for sure it's really scary what's going on and to kind of try to put hockey above people's health is just not something anyone really should be doing, right? I think it's pretty pretty bad, bad look to do that. So hope that everyone's okay in Vancouver. And I agree. I'd probably uh, steer clear of them just for that reasoning alone. I think Edler would be a pretty decent fit otherwise, but too big a risk with all the 
the COVID thing and you hope he's obviously okay. So it, it the only thing I'll say about this is that a week is a long time between when we're recording this and the trade deadline. And we're already hearing reports that things are more positive than they were a few days ago. Um, and so I just wouldn't be surprised if in another few days, we hear a lot more discussion about Vancouver players and the trade deadline yeah. um, than, than what we're hearing now. Uh, I, I agree with all of you. Their health is the number one thing. Um, I actually think when that story broke, I, I, I actually think the NHL should have considered stopping. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and like making sure that all the players were offered a vaccine before uh, resuming, just given uh, everything going on, especially with Hamannick and his kid. So, uh, but you know, that's not going to happen for reasons that are above our pay grade. So uh, I would just say like, if that opportunity opens up uh, and uh, those players are okay, those are big ifs. That's why they're kind of like way at the bottom of my list. Like, mm-hmm. even if they, w- even if this thing wasn't happening, I don't think Edler and Hamannick would be high on my list. Um, but I think, um, uh, and Vancouver is clearly out at this point. Um, actually for a second, sorry. Um, uh, like I know the U S a lot of their vaccines are open to like the public right now are like American players allowed to go get the vaccine. Like I know that here they've stopped, like, I can't book my second dose. I just have to wait. And like, I'll, I'll like, any of the guys who play in the NHL basically are ineligible in Canada, but are some of the American players, like, are any of them vaccinated? Do you know, or is it like a thing that they can go book? Yeah. As the resident American on this podcast and one that actually works on um, vaccination efforts. uh, Yes. So there is um, some anecdotal evidence that a bunch of NHL players have been vaccinated. Um, They haven't like released their names um, but uh, uh, but all 50 states are going to be open to anyone to be vaccinated uh, by the end of this month. Uh, right now, I think it's 28 states are open to it. So like in most of these markets, um, uh, the NHL players are eligible uh, okay. to get it. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if like, you know, somewhere like between a third and half uh, the um Uh, the players have gotten it now I the only thing holding me back from like being more precise about that is I really really wonder especially since players are weird superstitious creatures how many of them are willing to get um, a vaccine dose and potentially like you know have like that day or two where they feel sick in the middle of the season Um, just because they are you know strange uh, when it comes to their their health um uh, but I, I would suspect a, a fair number of them are vaccinated. Like we know with what happened in Dallas last night where uh, the coach got pulled off for uh, what was suspected to be a positive test. He was oh, fully yeah. vaccinated already. Oh, wow. That's interesting. So like they don't know if it was a false positive or if it was something else. Right. Um, okay, I want to quickly just remind everybody. Uh, so we're sponsored by Vertical Adventures, great friends of ours, uh, premier indoor rock climbing gym. They're in the sort of northwest end of Winnipeg, just off center port off Inkster over there. Uh, really awesome facility they got going. Super safe during COVID right now, and it's a great place uh, to go if you have the chance. Um, lots of different things you can do there. All levels, you know, just beginners or people who are really good at rock climbing. 
we highly recommend you check them out um, on Twitter, Instagram, or their website. It's super easy. Just call and book, and they have different um, policies in place to make sure everyone's safe. So uh, make sure you check them out. Um, does anyone want to quickly touch on some of the forwards that they have on their list? I don't know. Um, I feel like this is getting to be a long episode, so um, we'll sort of talk about those forwards a bit, and then maybe we'll get to the Twitter questions. Uh, maybe, uh, Justin, if you want to start with yours. Yeah, for sure. So um, there's a few forwards that I kind of had my eyes on. I don't think it's certainly not as long of a list as defensemen that we kind of touched upon. Um, but I think if you're looking at the Jets roster, I wouldn't mind to get another bottom six forward or two, maybe to bump Lewis or Thompson out. Um, and just to have some depth in case there's injuries in the playoffs. I mean, I know we know too well how that works with uh, last playoffs with Line and Shifley getting hurt in the in the uh, play-in series with Calgary, and it kind of really made the forward lines kind of a mess. So I would prefer it if the Jets could get another body or two. And um, two guys, I guess we could start on is uh, from the Flames, uh, Josh Lievo and Derek Ryan. Um, they're both pretty cheap and at least this year, I know they suppress a lot of, uh, offense, so they have some good defensive metrics. And I think that kind of fits in with sort of how Maurice likes to run his third and fourth line is more of a checking line. And I'd assume they'd be both relatively pretty cheap and um, on expiring deals. So, um, I think that would be, uh, upgrades on Thompson and Lewis, and I wouldn't mind to see possibly either of them in a Jets uniform. I don't know what if you guys would agree. Both. What about both? <laughs> yeah, no, I really nice too. I'm kind of really like I don't Dar- think sorry, yeah. go ahead. I was just, I really like Derek Ryan um uh, of that bunch because uh he can he can take draws in addition to being a penalty killer in addition to playing that that sort of uh, grit role. Um, mm-hmm. he would definitely be an upgrade over, over Thompson. I just think with the way that fourth line has been running, I just can't imagine the jets actually making a trade for depth, um, depth forward in that role. I think mm-hmm. if they do, it's a 13th guy. Like, I don't think if they trade yeah. for someone, no matter how good he is, he slots into the lineup unless someone gets hurt. Like, I think Maurice is too in love with the guys he has right now. And honestly, I don't even blame him. Like, it's not broken at all. Like, that fourth line hasn't been scored on yet. What was that whole thing that was blown up on Twitter today? They're a plus 18. Um, Except they're <laughs> actually a plus three. Yeah. They yeah, <laughs> use combined plus minus. <laughs> yeah anyways like I, I so I agree like it's almost like a moot point at this point because like it's so difficult to envision how that would fold or unfold with this team I don't know but um anyone else have any more forwards that they want to throw in um, suggestion? yeah there's a couple other names uh for the Flyers uh Scott Lawton uh kind of exactly the exact same thing as Derek Ryan right he'll take draws he's pretty gritty plays the PK has some decent defensive impact and he's a UFA and with the Flyers kind of being out of the playoff contention, you look at him as maybe a guy that could uh, could come in. And then a bigger name, but I don't think it's very realistic. I think he's got a lot of points, so he'd cost a lot. But uh, Alex Iafalo from the Kings as well. Yeah, I knew um, you were into him. I, I remember you saying that you were interested in Iafalo. Yeah, uh, I'm a decent fan of him. I think he'd be a, a nice upgrade to have and to give us some flexibility in the, uh, in the bottom six. I just... I don't think it's super realistic. Like you guys mentioned, they're pretty okay with uh, their forward group right now. Um, but definitely he'd be a guy I'd, I'd look at personally if it was up to me. 
But okay, here's so the my thing. Chevy might also just go and trade for one without talking to Maurice and then not play him because you know <laughs> that happens. So Sorry. my favorite guy, um, I I don't think he's available. I heard rumblings earlier on in the month, uh, but if he were to be available, Andrew Mangiapane is my for sure. Guy. Yeah. Mm-mm. I'd love I him. hate him. I hate him. Come I on. Don't. Yeah, the, you hate <laughs> him until he's on your team. Yeah. He's literally Matthew Perot 2.0. But he's I hate him. <laughs> Man, I don't think it, he's available anyway. I don't think Calgary would trade him, but like I heard for some I thought I heard for some reason that uh there was a little bit of smoke there. I'd heard something like that too. It was around the time I think when they hired Daryl Sutter. I don't know. Actually, it was even before that. Um, yeah, I think it was before. I, oh, in that play-in series against Calgary, I could not stand him. Every time he got on the ice, I just wanted to... Bleh. So, he's so but good. Maybe it's because he's good. It's like one of those, like, yeah, Brad Marchands. Like, you hate him until he's yours. And then like, like, try oh. being a fan of the other team and not hating Matthew Perot. You know what? It's... You have a point. <laughs> okay. I, I've okay. actually wondered about Sam Bennett. I don't think he's a fit with the Jets, but he's like the classic like guy that is underperforming because he's not being set up well to succeed and you would think with (laughs) yeah you would think with Sutter being his coach like that'd be perfect for Sam Bennett but he's still not right and uh you can feel like the flames are about to blow up that team so I wouldn't be surprised if he moves I just don't think the Jets are the right destination for him I think he's awesome um and, and if there was any way they could sign him for term as a replacement for Lowry, assuming Lowry leaves us in like expansion or whatever. Um, uh, he'd be a great fit in that way. I just don't You're think assuming that? He'd be... Interesting. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he'd be an interesting reclamation project anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to touch on... I We asked people to give us some... Wait, Brain. we're just skipping over goalies? Like, we're not going to even... <laughs> no, Anton Forsberg, bring him back. <laughs> well, and then if you want to keep going, if unrealistic, a lot of people were giving me some um, some coach trade proposals. And I was like, well, Ooh. I'm no NHL professional, but I feel like it doesn't work that way. But who knows? Um, so I think I'm you can trade go- coaches in the NBA. I think it's happened before. Are you serious? Pretty sure Doc Rivers got traded to the Los Angeles Clippers. That would be so funny. I love it. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Um, so I'm just going to throw every each of you. I'm going to give you these and just give me your quick thoughts on it. So, Kishore, a third, Barrett says, a third or a fourth rounder for Joel Armia. Or Yoel, sorry. <laughs> hey, I love it. Let's like, um, let's... Uh throw in a seventh for Matt Hendricks and just run back uh, 17-18. <laughs> Let's do it. Also, I apologize in advance if people who submitted these are listening. I know a lot of these are jokes and I don't know how seriously to take them. So I'm just going to say them as straight face as I can and let you <laughs> let you decide because I have bad... Uh, yeah. Anyways, okay. Here's one for you, Brian. Nick Eulers in two seconds for Ekholm and Forsberg. That's from Vern. <laughs> Wait, wait, what? say it again. Say it again. <laughs> and two seconds for Ekholm and Forsberg. Wait a minute. We're giving the two seconds? Yeah. <laughs> I I wouldn't trade Nick Ehlers by himself for uh, Matthias Ekholm and 
and Philip Forsberg. That's well, that's bold, but I I would almost agree. <laughs> that's because you love Nick Ehlers. That trade yeah. is actually closer than you think. I think. Okay, but isn't Forsberg under Forsberg has two years left? Ekholm has two years left, right? And how many does yeah. Ehlers have? Four. Three? Years? I think at least four. Something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, you're Ehlers right. Is the not best to trade player. Ehlers. Ehlers is the best player in that deal. Yeah. I yes, agree. and he's the best contract in that deal too. Yeah. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I'm not doing that trade. Yeah, I, I don't think it's one of those that's... who says no one thousand percent the Jets. Um, okay, um, Justin, Massimo says Patan and Hutchinson for Hellebuck. Oh, uh, any chance you get a chance to bring Nick Patan into the fold? Like, you got to take it. Uh, <laughs> to hell with Hutch, like, just take it one for one. I didn't even hear who he had to give up, but just just do it. He I just heard Patan and he started seeing yeah, Rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> I right. think that the hair alone that Patan brings to to the the hair flow will be worth it. We'll get oh. all that money back from Hellebuck leaving in just endorsements from like hair companies. <laughs> and Hutchinson's <laughs> had like two good games this year. Come on, you can fill those shoes. <laughs> all right. Um, okay. Twitter user Agent Silva. Um Kishore, Dylan Sandberg in a first for Ekholm. I know we talked about Ekholm a little bit, but would you take that deal? So I'm going to say something controversial. I'm going to say yes for that deal. I, I actually don't think um, it's a deal that um, the Jets should do, but given our coach, given our circumstances, uh, given the uh, expansion draft, having Ekholm in changes a lot of dynamics back there. He's, uh, uh, I... I think Sandberg, we really don't know who he's going to be. Like the projections are that he's a middle pair guy. Ekholm is like a legitimate top pair defenseman. Um, and as Brian said, the picks this year are just like a wash. So a first and Sandberg for Ekholm is actually fair. But I think I would want to know that Ekholm is willing to sign long-term with the Jets to make that happen. Interesting. Okay. Sounds good. Um, but we know the price for Ekholm is more than that. Right. That's the thing. <laughs> I I could say you could almost probably, with based on what they're looking at, get away with Hanel in a first just because he's a legit prospect. Like, he's not like I, – I wouldn't do it. But I think they'd be more likely to consider that. Um, considering oh, the like the Predators. Yeah. I, um, I, I'm, I'm very high on Dylan Sandberg. I think he's – almost a surefire top four guy uh just me personally i'm i might be higher than most people on him i don't know but i i've always loved the player so that's that might be just some bias on my part but i just based on that thought i i i'm not sure i do that deal yeah i think the hard part is you like for me is i look at shifley has like a, a couple years left on his deal. Ehlers has like four years left on his deal. Uh, PLD going to be entering his prime. Wheeler, as we've talked about, on the wrong side. Um, like, I, I feel like we need defensemen that are ready to top pair defensemen oh, that are ready shit. to go now for the next three years because that's the window for the Jets. 
So that's why I think I'm leaning to yes on an Ekholm deal. I just think the price is way too high in reality. Fair enough. Uh, I'm going to tell if my brain's frozen, so I'm going to jump over. Um, there we oh, go. There you are. Okay. I'm back. <laughs> um, Ron says Lowry and DeMello to Calgary for Giordano. No. Giordano's not good anymore. Yeah, I, I don't love... I DeMello like the, on his own is like a lot better than Giordano already. I think the idea of Giordano like being, you know, captain, top pairing defenseman, like I get the appeal there when that's what you're looking for on the team, but you're getting rid of our best defenseman that's not named Neil Pionk. And, you know, yeah, so fair enough. Um, Justin, Ken says a third round pick for Bobby Ryan. Um, well, that's pretty cheap. Um, and I know he used to be able to put some pucks in the net. I know he's historically not been very much of a play driver. Um, I would probably not take that trade, though, just because I think the Jets' top nine is pretty solid as is, and it's kind of chipping in offensively. And so I think the fit is on the fourth line. And if you're going to play him with a guy like Thompson, I don't think he's going to really get a lot of goals. I think it's going to really mess with the vibes on that fourth line. And if it's supposed to be such a defense first line and you get a guy in there that's a sniper, I think it's going to kind of mesh, uh, not mesh well with the chemistry. So... Uh, personally, I wouldn't do it, but uh, for other teams, maybe that needs some scoring. Maybe that's a, a decent trade to look at. I agree. Um, okay. And then Kishore, this is from Daniel. Um, Phil Kessel for Thompson. Yes. <laughs> I had a chuckle. 100%. 100% just for the <laughs> comedy of potentially seeing Phil Kessel play the Leafs in the playoffs. Oh and just gosh. like all that will bring. That'll be worth it to me. Uh um and okay so i'm gonna find i'm gonna give this one to justin i'm gonna skip over you brian because i love it um (laughs) brian says nick eulers for robert hag in the third (laughs) (laughs) oh god what a meme what a meme that is uh (laughs) definitely not um okay brian um mm-hmm. oh yeah it was different brian who said that okay um yeah. so three <laughs> says um niku gustafson and a second for savard hard no yeah. i wouldn't do gustafson by himself for savard um okay and then i'm gonna go back to kishore um someone that says, price isn't super off what it'll take to get no mm-hmm. but you just it's just not a good deal you can you can reference our the front half of the episode on why we wouldn't take that <laughs> <laughs> um okay and kishore someone says sammy niku in a third for montour i know you were more into montour than justin and brian were would you take that no and it, for a surprising reason i don't think we should wish buffalo upon sammy niku i think that's unfair <laughs> to our beloved sammy niku I I would like to see Sammy Niku get traded um, just because I genuinely do think that he could work elsewhere. Like, I just feel like it's his time has passed with the Jets and by no, no one individual's fault. I just feel like it's been just a messy situation kind of there. But I think there's still definitely NHL prowess there in him. Like, I just think he could still do it. So I, I would like to see him traded. But like you said, I don't want to see him in Buffalo. I don't wish that <laughs> upon him. <laughs> In terms okay. of cost, though, it's like a reasonable thing for Montour because, like you said, Niku has no fit in the Jets' future. 
I um, it's a three-way we got going on here. Something Logan Stanley and Luke Green for Alex Debrink and Sam Gerard. I don't even know how that would work. <laughs> um, uh, yes, oh. instantaneously. <laughs> no, I don't. We think somehow do get that. Alex Debrinket and Sam Gerard in that deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys. So the they yeah they could have had those two players with the picks they traded to. Oh, I see. Get oh. Stanley, they could have right? had Alex Debrinket with the Logan Stanley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could have had Alex Debrinket and Sam Girard. You know what? I don't think oh, I do that trade. I think yeah, Logan no, I Stanley's still going to develop into a better <laughs> defenseman than Sam Girard. Just kidding. That's no. <laughs> That's yeah. No, happened. I um. We had a couple episodes a while back. Um, actually, the first one that I ever did. Um, we were talking. We were doing the redraft and stuff, and we were talking about how. The Logan Stanley pick. Um, a lot of people think that Chevy almost went over some people's heads or something. There's a lot of confusion that went on there because I guess a lot of the Jet Scouts actually wanted Alex to bring it, um, and they they went. With there was Logan. one in particular that really wanted Alex to bring it, I think. But there yeah. was another one in particular that I think really wanted Logan Stanley. Right. You'd have to think that's how it works, and yeah, obviously we don't know the details, but that's interesting. Um, okay, and just a couple of last ones. These are. Uh, Niku in a third for Giordano, Niku in a second for Savard, Niku for Goligoski, one for one there. And then there's there have been a couple. Someone said, um, Morgan said Niku for Manson, and uh, in, Insider from the Outside said uh, Stanley for Manson. So I guess, are people thinking that uh, Manson's got a low market value, or what's up there? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's had injury troubles and does have that 4.1 million cap hit, so might not cost a ton but i don't think it's necessarily going to be that cheap either there's too many teams in the market for defensemen for him to come that cheap i would have done all of those deals that you listed by the way those are all (laughs) like automatic yes like because they're way way too uh cheap of price uh i i think the sammy niku and a third from for giardano is is my favorite trade deal proposed yet in this list because that is hilarious to me because oh, yeah, Sammy uh, Niku is the antithesis of a Daryl Sutter player, I think. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I, uh, that's all I have for Twitter. Uh, obviously, there are a couple other ones, but they were fun. My favorite one was Cal Connor for Patrick Laine, and then also 2017-18 Josh Morrissey <laughs> for 2020-2021 Josh Morrissey. So I, uh, I like that a lot. Um, I think... Uh, well, He's maybe cheaper, just too. Up. He was only making just over $3 million. There we go. <laughs> Yeah. Um, legit i actually hope that liney does get traded oh me uh, too because it is sure. so yeah. bad sad situation like even roslovic is getting scratched now like what is <laughs> going on down there he, he's a columbus <laughs> dream he's from there he's a trumpy like that's what they want um <laughs> but uh i uh, i think maybe we'll close up uh, my hope is that we trade a pick or two if we have to for mike riley that's my I want Mike Riley. That's that's where I'm going. Kishore, what what's your last count? Vince Dunn all the way. If you can Vince Dunn. If Pareko, I'm I'm praying that Pareko is healthy and coming back and that we can pry away Vince Dunn because I think he would be the the biggest impact for the Jets. Brian. You guys are each pulling on one arm for me, right? Like those are the two guys I really want to. Um, so ultimately I like the Morgan Riley edition just because of the price. Morgan Riley. Girl. 
We're Sorry. not going down that road. <laughs> Sorry. Mike Riley, not Morgan Riley. <laughs> um, I do like the Mike Riley edition just because of the price and just the style of game he brings. Like, like I said before, pretty similar to Vince Dunn. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I'm on the Mike Riley train. Justin? Uh, why not go for both? <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, what, I like the way you're thinking. Let's go all in here. <laughs> I, I, I would have to agree with you guys. I think Dunn and Riley are uh, one and two on the board if you can't get Ekholm. And if it costs Hanela and a first, then obviously you don't do that. Um, if you can't get those two, I think then you have to look for cheap alternatives. I don't want to pay a lot for Savard or someone like that. But yeah, yeah. Dunn and Riley would be my one and two and ideally both, but... Not and sure. I, if that's I give likely. an honorable mention to uh, to Jamie Alexiak. Bring him in. I don't care. It sounds like it might be fun to uh, bring. Actually, you know what? No, my number one choice is to bring Dustin Bufflin out of retirement. <laughs> that's what this team needs. I we were watching earlier. My dad's like, we were watching, and it was you know like one of those good parts of the game. The team was on fire, and he's like, now just imagine this roster with Dustin Bufflin. And it was just like you know, oh. sad tear because like holy, yeah. smoke, that would be a freaking deal breaker for this team. Like. It, that would be perfect. I still think the best addition this team can make is are on the moose. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, if probably both in depth, in depth forwards and on defense, those are the <laughs> best additions. If you were to bring up Hanola, would he become eligible for the expansion draft if he played? No, no. Good. Bring him up then. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, it was a pleasure, guys. Always fun. Uh, nice to chat. We have about a week left until we find out if we're going to do anything. Um, We'll be keeping a close eye out and we'll be keeping you updated on Twitter um, as much as we can as in, as new information comes out. So Justin, Shore, Brian, thank you very much for taking the time and uh, we'll see you guys soon. I'm Kurt Gilback and thank you for listening to the Jet Centric Broadcast. <laughs>